Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. I'm Giles Bitter and I speak to musicians and artists basically just about the jobs they've had or sometimes still have. This time we've got Phoebe Cross from Happy Accidents and Cheerbleeders. Happy Accidents have consistently toured and released records ever since they left uni, which is where I met Phoebe and Rich for the first time in Southampton a few years ago. She's since co-founded the band Cheerbleeders, who are releasing records and having fun and doing stuff. And I wanted to know what she's been... I know that she's had a full-time job for the last few years, and I knew it was something to do with ecology, but what I didn't realise was how important the work she's doing and how interesting I found it. I think it's quite often you can speak to friends and they'll sort of outline their job and it's like, yeah, cool, I kind of get the bare bones of it and you carry on with your day. But I and, I, and I'm and i in this case, I'm completely guilty of that. Phoebe Cross, as you're about to find out, is basically part of the unofficial housing association. Well, official, unofficial housing association relocating wildlife in the UK where they're building roads and housing and, and a bunch of gross concrete stuff. I didn't realize that there were lizards in the UK and I didn't realize there were some of the exotic animals that she's about to talk about, including a very special kind of newt. But it was really interesting to speak to her, find out her position of juggling both a full-time job and a band that is basically a full-time job but doesn't pay anything. So here's Phoebe. I'm really glad to have done this episode. There are many, many podcasts out there, but this small one's mine. So cheers again for listening and rate and subscribe if you want to. Cheers. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. What have you done today? Just went to work. I actually ran into work today. Did a 5k run into work. Funnily enough, that's what this podcast's about. <gasps> wait, you wait. You ran 5k. I mean, I know yeah. like quite a lot of people run so, 5k, but doing that to work. Here to work is exactly 5k. So it's like a nice. You have to be in quite a good place before you. I mean, it took me half I mean, an hour. Like I don't know if the, that's a very good time. Eight but... in the morning. Oh, I like got up at nine and I was in by 10. That's still early to go for a run. Is it? Is it something that you do a lot? Are you a runner? Would you consider yourself a runner? Yeah, I, I enjoy running. I think it's because it's free and it's a good way to keep fit. It's and free, yeah. I've signed up for a run. Hopefully he signed up too. We have Jake from Doe. We're going to do a little run um, on Hampstead Heath, one of those like oh, nice. proper ones that's like organised. So we get a medal. Great. Charity fun? or selfish? Selfish. Just <laughs> 20 quid enter it. I have done sort of ones for charity. I normally stick a page up to be like, if anyone wants to give me money, I'm doing a 10K. But yeah. But yeah, I uh, got to work today and had a shower. And it's really weird, like, being naked at work for some reason. Is there a shower at the office? Yeah, I would stink if not. In the basement? Just in, in we've got, like, a little office across the road. It's got, like, the kitchen in and it's got a little... So you, so you jump from across the road? Yeah. Not li- not literally It's like road, a really but... small road. It's like... Okay, got We're it. in, like, a little alley sort of bit by the Thames. Did it's it take nice. you a few months to work up, like, being able to do that? Yeah, yeah, I'd say. I kind of, like, have always been... Do- I, 5K's a nice amount. And I don't really like doing more than that. Yeah. But like I work because I worked out it was exactly door to door 5K. I was like, this is a good way to be training. Sure. I, I might have ran back, but I cycled back today. You must be quite confident at work to be doing that. As in to, to be in the environment. I know for some of the jobs I've had mm. that 
I would not, I don't, I'm just trying to avoid speaking to people. So having anything like wet hair or like oh, a second yeah. bag. Oh, well, my work's quite chill. We're like, we have a running club. So sometimes we do like a little run club. That's so it nice. It is quite cute. It's quite wholesome. We have like pet snails and like <laughs> lots pet of snails, avocado wi- plants. Wild pet snails and avocado plants. Yeah. Well, they're like African wild snails, but they had babies. So we had some people had to take some home. Okay, this uh, is way just, beyond my station. Yeah, like we have to freeze the eggs sometimes to stop them hatching. What? <laughs> is, that, is, is your really job bad. anything to do with, with that? Very sort of related, but not related to like ecology of like our yeah. country. But they're obviously not from, not like pets, but like we do come across invasive species like plants and stuff on site visits. Yeah. But I'm not on site anymore. But I'm, I'm off. On, and on site is being literally out in the field. Yeah. So it sounds really glamorous. But when I was on site, when I was like a, an assistant ecologist, when I first started, it was literally like M25. And I'd be in my high vis, like looking for reptiles like along the side. You reptiles? Know, like, yeah. So in we've England? Got, yeah, we've got reptiles. We have like common lizards and slow worms and stuff like that. That's mental. Yeah. So I, I'd be doing that. My initial first job in London was kind of like an assistant ecologist. Okay. Um, so a lot of the time it's like they want to put another road in, but first they have to move all the ecology to another place. So I had to like run around with a pillowcase, lifting up all these felts because we put these felts down because like it gets nice and warm and they're going to go under there. So they will be there and then I'll have to catch them. So what happens put them if, in a pillowcase? What happens if there's, you know, so the, the process to build a road has, has mm. happened. You guys go in there to, to check out the wildlife. Yeah. What if there's loads of wildlife, wildlife, and you know your, your your crew, your work is saying, well, this is harmful to our environment. I mean, it. Is. I mean, roads get built, but we kind of move before the roads are built. We're the ones that go in and like identify what's there and these say, families. You can't, like, there's loads of nice wildflowers. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and often it's nice habitat for reptiles. So we'll like, it's called translocation. We'll translocate the reptiles to another. It's still blowing my mind. There's reptiles in the yeah. UK. No, I'll, I can show you some if you like. I can probably down find in, some. On Telegraph. <laughs> I'll show you some pictures of me, maybe that you can use as a thumbnail. I don't know. So, do you need to? Do you? I mean, what kind of gear do you require? Do you put them all in the back of a like literally a pillowcase? I went around with a pillowcase, and then they drive me to another location that was identified as the safe zone that was wasn't going to have a road built on it, okay. and we put them there. And like it would have like a reptile fence around it. I guess we like identify if it's like suitable habitat and it, they'll be all right there. I mean, they've kind of thrived on the side of a motorway, so they often thrive right. anywhere, really. Um, right. I guess roads kind of break up their habitat. So we try and move them somewhere that's like a nice place that's not going to, they're not going to run into the road or whatever, I guess. Is what, <laughs> is what you do something that the, the, the road builders, whatever their names yeah. are, the quote unquote road builders, yeah. Is is it is it a legal thing or is it? Oh yeah. Okay. It's very much like against the law to harm like protected species like bats and some reptiles. Great crested newts people hear about a lot. They're kind of the ones. So what? Great crested newts. Great crested newts. Yeah, they're like super protected. Um, they're a little like amphibian. Wow. And they're really cute. Um, but yeah, they're like you need to get a license to move them. Like so, if someone's like, I want to build a house on this land, and then. We go and do the survey. We maybe say this is actually really good for newts. We find, yeah. Um, yeah, we can find good habitat or whatever. And then we would like, if it's a big development, we would have to like move the newts. We'd initially do a survey to be like, yep, there's newts here. Yeah, you can do like DNA surveys. You can take pond water, wow, sample it, and it will say the newts are here. <laughs> How 
how many other how many companies are there? It's got big, uh, mostly because of like HS2 and like all these yeah. big infrastructure projects like motorways oh, and fuckers. stuff. Fuck yeah, so it's actually like there's so many more ecologists working now than ten years ago because it's there's, there's the demand. And for where, them. Does, where does the like to be so to be blunt like where yeah. does the money come from? I guess it comes from the government. And, oh, so your government subsidised. Yeah, I guess so. Are you a I don't charity? Know. I, no, we're like a consultancy, so we're like a private business. But okay. um, I don't even know how much, like, I guess some of it's a bit secret of like where HS2 is, because I guess people protest a lot. Yeah. But um, in terms of ecology, like, yeah, it's just kind of about identifying what's there and making sure no one's like killing everything. Yeah. I guess that's kind of essentially what. Do you feel there's been a, a rise in awareness? Yeah, I think so. I think like people are trying to make biodiversity more on the agenda because of obviously climate change etc yeah. all this stuff is like yeah. destroying it and people are building on stuff and yeah um so basically everyone tries to replace what they've taken away plus more but i kind of i'm a bit skeptical of like because like loads of buildings get built and it can't be better than like a nice wildflower meadow but skeptical you know, about what exactly i guess like building loads and loads of stuff all the time like it can't be that great for the environment but oh absolutely not it's and gonna happen the of money's course there, I guess. yeah and, and everyone everyone says they need every, people people with money yeah and that's you, you make properties to make money off properties yeah it seems so, to be yeah that's kind of what i do at the moment i kind of do like a lot of the businessy side of it like the quotes and stuff like that now okay. but i started off in the field but um, have you technically gone up the ranks kind of kind of like sideways and then up because yeah. i kind of like sidestepped a bit but um are you enjoying it as much yeah i just realized that i liked <laughs> like regular hours yeah like sometimes they'd be like can you do this bat survey tonight and I'd be like no i've got a gig and i, I got annoyed yeah. about all the like irregular hours and them asking me to do all this stuff like sometimes it's getting up at 2 a.m driving somewhere to do a dawn bat survey i feel that yeah where you like stare at a building and you have to stare at it like for like hours on end because you want to see where the bats come out if anything comes out and in fact if it's dawn you're seeing if they're going to go back in. You're like a land Steve Irwin. Not that Steve Irwin was exclusively of water. Yeah. You're like the UK Steve Irwin. Kinda, I guess. I am. Um, I totally get that routine thing. There were there were times love, when we were touring loads, routine. and I'd just be I'd just be weird. I, I'd just be weirding out, like not even sad, just weirding out, and sort of eventually say to say to friends. Like, I feel mental. And I remember some friends saying, you need a routine. At the time, I was like, nah, fuck it off. Oh, yeah. Don't need that. But I think having that routine is, there's actually something really enjoyable. Yeah. Th there's something about having a routine that actually gives you more freedom. It's kind of comforting. And I know, like, my schedule. I know my hours. Mm. Um, I guess, actually, on tour, that gets into a bit of a routine. When you go into a job that's potentially 35 years of a career. Oh, God, yeah. There's so much to learn that you don't even know you're going to learn. True. What's your mindset of of the career that you have now? Because it seems quite, well, it, it clearly is legitimate. Yeah, I don't even think about it as a career because I guess I kind of like clock in, clock out, do something that's like fairly stimulating and have nice work colleagues. And that's mm. kind of what I ask for in a job. And then I think I do put, because I put quite a lot of energy into like the music side of it, I kind of wouldn't want a more intense job because like... yeah. I've kind of got quite a nice balance at the moment because I can like cycle to work or run to work. And then um, they're really good about like um, if I want to take extra leave and go on tour, they've always been like, yeah. Sure. Do, you, do you tell them you're in a band? Oh, yeah. Like, so they they, know, like they know I think after five years at a company, they're just going to know. Yeah. But like. Um, I think sometimes the yeah. longer you leave it, maybe the worse. There's something called Holiday Club that I got asked to do. 
And like, it's when people like, I guess they like want to be validated by their holiday and they want to tell everyone what they did because they spent all this money on a holiday. So they're like wanting to talk about it. And I got asked to do it and they're like, can you talk about going on tour and stuff? Because like word gets around and stuff about like uh, if you go on tour and stuff, I don't know. So I kind of, weirdly, I'm quite confident like talking to people when it's not a formal environment, but I'm not very, I don't like doing presentations because it's very like, everyone's looking at me. What if I go red? Um, so I was like, oh, it's, it would be a really good thing to do for my confidence. Even though I was like telling everyone about this, like, oh, this is a brave thing for me to do. And they're like, but you, you play in front of people, but it's taken me a while to be like chill about that even. So, I mean, everyone's got like their little side hustle as it were. Um, but like, I guess it's definitely when I tell them about what I've like got up to, like driving a van around Europe, like quite a lot of like people at work are like, wow, you're so brave. And like, yeah you've covered so many cities in like your two weeks off it's like yeah that is actually quite wild that we do that and then sometimes I come back absolutely knackered but if it's been a good tour where I've paced it well you kind of can come back quite refreshed like yeah so it kind of depends how intense it is depends on who you're with like who you're touring with with I guess but we've actually become quite good at being independent and being like, we want to go now. We're going to go and stay in this place now. We're going to leave. Like, especially if we're not on tour with like bands, we know that well, it's kind of easier to be like, this is our vibe. Now we're going to go sleep and like, see you in the next city or whatever. I guess I've got less self-conscious about just being like, I want to leave now. Um, But equally you get the balance, right? And hang out, connect with people. Yeah. When we first started, I didn't want to play a gig outside Southampton. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to get in a car and go to Portsmouth. So, like, it took me a while to even agree to do, like, more shows in general because I was a bit anxious about, like, travelling in a car. And, like, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but I didn't actually want to play shows as much. But now I'm, like, the opposite. I am, like, loving playing shows but more tactical about them. So I guess, um, yeah, I guess I do feel lucky when it's a good show and, like, I've been treated well and I've had a meal and it's been... A, you know, met a load of nice people that have said nice things. That always feels nice. When it's a rubbish show, I guess you're kind of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> what was your first good show? Probably with the Front Bottoms. Where was that? At the Joiners. Cool. I think that was not even with Happy Accidents, but it was like forming as Happy Accidents, but it was like just Rich Man, Rich Manda. <laughs> it was like Rich and another mate, and it was kind of like his acoustic stuff, but we just did a full band version because it was more fun. Um, and I feel like that was cool because it was like the fans liked us. They like we just fit with that vibe, I guess. Um, so it's just just when people are like seem to be enjoying it, and you're enjoying it, and the sound is really good. That helps a lot. Absolutely, like, Joiners has amazing sound. What What do you um? Ha- ha- I mean, everyone's gonna play a show where there are a few people there, or it's quiet, or it just yeah. doesn't go well. How do you? Does I mean, does that happen much nowadays? Not really, but I remember one notable one of, like, it was my uni band. We were called Triassic. Like, this is, like, my first band, because when I went to uni, I was like, I want to form a band. But it took a while to, like, kind of happen. But when it did, like, we were, like, quite big on campus. Like, we were the uni band. Amazing. But we played, like, a gig at the Joiners, because they, like, offered us a, sh- a slot, you know, when it's kind of, like, it's not even a support slot. It's just, like, a showcase or something. Sure. And I'm pretty sure we were the only band that night. They just wanted to put a band on. And it was literally my dad and another friend. And it was like a free practice. Great. But I remember my dad like decided to edit some footage because he like filmed it. And he added clapping, like fake clapping at the end. <laughs> and some no, of my bandmates were like, that's amazing. great. And I remember being like, oh. That's good. <laughs> that's different. He 
definitely pushed me to like as soon as I was 16 to get a job. Okay. Like he was very like, you should get a job now you're 16. Sure. And where so, was that? Um, that was at a garden centre, a local family run garden centre. Okay. Probably earning like £3.75 an hour or something. Madness. Um, what was your first day like? I got stung by a wasp. I remember I <laughs> got stung by a wasp. Amazing. Classic like summer job. Just yeah. like, and I remember trying to put on a brave face, you know, being like, it's fine, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was cool. Like we just, I remember just sitting around with a cup of tea, having our lunch. I remember like they called lunch dinner. I don't know why. It was just like small family out of town. They just like called lunch dinner. Are you a tea household or dinner household? Tea, I think. Yeah. But sometimes I say dinner. I think I've always gone between. I, f- I forget. I don't know what. Yeah. My What's for tea? It. Tea sounds kind of cute. Tea sounds like four o'clock. Nah. Like I feel like tea time's just always been like six onwards. Late it's very tea, confusing. Late, tea, late dinner. It doesn't really. Well. But sometimes you don't go sounds, out for tea, you go out for dinner, right? I feel well with a northern accent. It's, it sounds like more like I'm not going to do a northern accent, rubbish at accents. No, but if, I, I, you can't imagine someone from Yorkshire saying dinner. That's true. Maybe it's a southern thing. So did you make friends at, at the uh, at the garden centre? Um, it was literally like a family. So two children that ran around a lot and then the, the parents. Because oh, so, um, in my mind, it's like quite like a retail park. It's quite one. small. Yeah, okay. it's quite small. And then they opened a cafe. Um so I sometimes worked in the cafe, but I, I have this memory of bank holiday where it used to get so busy in the cafe. And like, it was like, we couldn't cope with the busyness because we had like a dishwasher that was like from their kitchen. So yeah. it would take an hour. And so we ran out of teacups, we ran out of cake, we ran out of things. And I remember just me and my other friend there that was working that day just burst into tears and they had to shut the cafe. <laughs> Amazing. I just remember them giving me a brownie and being like, you can go home now, we've shut. That's like it the was less really messy unfair. version of shitting yourself. Yeah, I remember just being like, this is chaos, and then just crying like, I can't do my job. The dishwasher's got another hour. <laughs> Why? Like, there was no one to wash the stuff. We had to do everything. Were you at college or A-level? I mean, I know there's not I th- a lot I of I think it was there. like about to get my GCSEs, yeah, so it's okay. sort of like A-levels. But I worked there like throughout A-levels and then, um, yeah. That Was that your only job before uni? Um, yeah. I think it was. I worked at the local golf club that was nearby as well. Um, that was Double maybe job. like, I think it was like a bit of a crossover. I think extra they, they paid cash. me an extra like pound an hour. So I was like Ooh, slowly like, yeah, nice. it's like, dudes, I'm going on to better always things hustling. now. Yeah, always hustling. I potentially did both at once because obviously everything's zero hours yeah. when you're that age. Um, what were you doing at that job? I was like serving the awful golf customers, uh, pints. And like, also there was a Thai restaurant in it. So sort of nice. bits and bobs. Yeah. Yeah. You were a golfer? I did try it when I was little. Um, I'm fairly good at like hitting hitting balls. <laughs> well, the um, um, but the driving range is actually quite it's a lot quite of fun. fun. Yeah, but I don't have the patience for like a round of golf or hanging out with people that play golf. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> no, but I remember that uh, fairly awful customers. That like I think golfers are not great customers. Yeah, very demanding. They always want um, a lager tops. Classic. Always lager tops to like up their glucose levels before their <laughs> round or something. I don't know. Peak them. Yeah. How yeah. much was a pint? Do you remember? It was probably like two something or three quid. Mad, I reckon in, in like because it was literally in a village. So, um, I imagine. It was how how far away was that village uh, from Southampton where you went to? Uni? Uh, probably like twenty minute drive. Oh maybe no! Tw- but like okay, I didn't so work there at uni. So when you went to uni, did you go to um, halls of residence? Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to be 
independently yeah so I still did that. I'm glad course, I did that yeah. we sometimes came and um did band practice at my parents house and they'd make us a jacket potato <laughs> great uh, yeah so that was kind of cute um, but yeah, I just, I guess I had like various jobs there, like reception and like another Thai restaurant because I had experience yeah. working at another Thai restaurant. I don't know why I always ended up there, but um, often they'd pay me in like a Thai meal and then a five or an hour in cash. Like, so I thought yeah. that was a good deal at the time. Now I'm like, wow. But, but it got, got me through. To, you got nothing to relate it to. I was yeah. working at a pub and I was, I was thinking this today. I got 50 quid a week by only doing two shifts because everyone's looking for shifts at pubs. Mm. So everyone's happy to, you know, get to the bottom of the ladder to be, you know, make it to the top of the ladder in yeah. a couple of years or whatever. And I was, I was like not unhappy with getting 50 quid yeah. a week. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah, do that. that. One like, shift. Yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, in recent times has, has your not expectancy. That sounds a bit aggressive. Yeah. But, have you thought about, you know, climbing up the ladder in terms of wages, in terms of salary? Is that something that you think about regularly? I sometimes, I don't think I'm paid enough for like London at the moment. So sometimes it stresses me out with just like... Well, London living wage like, is just not living wage. No. Um, and I think it's just the nature of being in like ecology, potentially not paid as much as like some industries. Like obviously, mm. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I'm fairly, I'm happy enough. I can pay my bills like... So, but yeah, obviously everyone sort of always wants more sometimes, but then I like get worried about being too much of a capitalist. So I'm like fairly content, but, um. Well, I think it's hard when you're paying yeah. rent to someone that you probably don't know and like the places where yeah, we're shopping, weird, the places where we're it? drinking, we have to fight our little battles where we can. Yeah. I kind of, I've chosen to work for smaller companies mm. and potentially a little bit more ethical companies. And I think sometimes you do have the trade off, like if I worked for, I don't know mcdonald's but like in a bit in like one of the like in the corporate big offices, like yeah. manager thing i don't know like in the offices or whatever maybe you'd get paid more but i yeah. don't want to do that I yeah. Don't know. yeah yeah um yeah i never really thought about a ladder but i feel like i kind of sometimes want to be paid a little bit more every year i guess that's my expectation do you see yourself sometimes. for for you know the foreseeable future just play like always playing music on the side i don't know i used to say that like i want to play music till i'm old but now i'm like maybe just when it feels right to stop that's fine right um, how did cheerbleeders come about that was literally just all of us being like I, I obviously met Catherine from fresh and then i think i just asked her if she wanted to like play with me because yeah we've always been in bands with like not women um so i kind of liked the idea of kind of just like giving it a go like without without dudes for a bit um yeah. and it was just like very organic and very chill nice. um no pressure kind of just like a side thing but uh, it's gone wh quite well so far it's, what's it's the vibe really nice. of what's the vibe of playing like with that now is is it a focus is is your group text popping off yeah like we've even got like we've got a little group with rich in as well because he produces us so like it ended up being annoying having to pass messages back and forward or everyone like so we have like a rich like a cheerleaders plus rich group and then our own little group but yeah yeah like i think i've actually like connected to them all even more as mates and that's really nice like made friend friends out of it so it's really nice um and like on stage has been so fun we just like have fun and like have a laugh i think um i kind of sometimes forgotten that like you can connect with people on stage like properly and like I don't know. I feel like it's different. That yeah, but good. I don't know. What is final question? If if there was to be a job that you would work in the future, forgetting about money, and just in terms of fun, creativity, whatever stimulates you, whatever makes you tick, yeah. what would it be? This is a hard question. Did you just come up with that like yeah. randomly? Yeah. It's not, um, it's not that. It's not that. I random. feel like it would be potentially like 
um, they say never work with animals or children, but I love working with like, animals and children. I've always babysat and stuff. Um, just something fun that like involves cute things and like, but I don't really know. I mean, I guess like if, if, if being in a band paid more, I love performing as well. So maybe performing with like taking loads of animals on tour and then like looking after babies in the day and then just Could you deal out. with the travel? Um, we wouldn't travel because we would... We <laughs> People would, would come to you. We would travel in a one of those blimp things. Got you. And it would be relaxing. You'd be like the aliens. Yeah. In The Simpsons. Yeah. So it would be a, a thing where none of that mattered and we could just... We'll be wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> How much would you ask for a gig? I know I didn't say money. I said no money. How much would you ask for a gig in 50 years' time? Um, minimum of like a million pounds. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could stoop lower than that. Yeah. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day.